written. Yes, unless society changes, mankind simply will not survive. During the time of global change, people, because of an aggressive activation of the animal nature, which obeys the general animal mind, like any other intelligent matter, will simply fight for survival on their own. That is, nations will be destroying one another, and those who survive will be destroyed by nature itself. It is only possible to survive the coming cataclysms if the whole humanity unites and the society transforms in the spiritual sense. If people are jointly able to change the direction of movement of the international community from the consumerist channel towards the true spiritual development, with the domination of the spiritual nature in it, then the mankind will have a chance to survive this period. What is more, both the society and future generations will be able to reach an entirely new stage of its development. But nowadays, this depends on real choices and actions of each person. Most importantly, many intelligent people of the planet understand this, They see the impending disaster and the collapse of society, but they do not know how to withstand all this and what to do. Anastasia What needs to be done in order to change the society here and now? Where do we start? Rigdon Start with the simple. Start with yourself. When a person understands the meaning of his life and the meaning of spiritual development, he will qualitatively change himself. And if this knowledge is available to many people on earth, then the society as a whole will change sooner or later, and therefore the vector of movement of the human civilization as a whole will be entirely different. Anastasia It is actually very difficult for a modern person who has gotten tangled up in the works of the human mind in the host of existing religions, their concepts and dogmas, to understand the spiritual essence, that meaning, and the true reason for which he exists in this world. The simple truth became complicated, and because of this, the essence became incomprehensible. Of course, a variety of tools is available to almost any person today. There are spiritual practices, prayers, meditation techniques, and so on. The ultimate goal is clear. It is spiritual liberation. But this common foundation, the essence thanks to which this higher spiritual state is achieved, has been lost. After all, tools themselves don't give an understanding of the fundamental principle. It lies in the consciousness and the deepest feelings of the master who works on himself with the help of these tools. Could you tell people about the elementary truth? What is the purpose of human spiritual development? Rigdon The purpose of human spiritual development is in his qualitative inner change. This implies, first of all, not just recovery of the inner spiritual dialogue with God in each day lived through your deepest feelings, through your sincere love for Him but also living by this mystery. Human, in reality, is drawn to such pure inner dialogue with God. This innermost need is most manifested in him in childhood, 
when the memory of incarnations is still fresh. He feels this contact with the deepest inner feelings through his soul, which can manifest outwardly in the form of sincere childlike joy and the all-embracing pure love for everything and everyone. That is why it is believed that children are closer to God than adults. After all, the new personality is still pure and is connected to the soul by its sincerity and faith, and the latter harbors hope of salvation towards the new personality. That is why, from that point on, it seems to a person for the most part of his life that the best is yet to come. In fact, in the minutes of manifestation of his sincere happiness, the little person is experiencing the deepest feelings of coming in contact with his spiritual nature, attention, love, and care of God for his soul, even in such difficult for it conditions as confinement in the body. Over time, the new personality starts to perceive and know the surrounding world, and this conversation through feelings is transferred to the communication with the closest people, mother, father, and relatives. The first external visual images are fixed in consciousness, thanks to experiencing at this time the deepest feelings of sincere love coming from God. The latter is connected solely with the inner world of a human, with this wordless, true conversation with God in His love. That is why we have the warmest memories of childhood, for example, of the Mother as of the Almighty, the loved being, for whom nothing is impossible in this world. But as adults, we look at her already through different eyes, as an adult woman with her own faith. When the body begins to mature and the new personality begins to make the choice in favor of the animal nature, more often, a person, through folly, loses this invisible dialogue with God through feelings. Although the soul itself does not stop knocking at the person, giving him its signals, in the person's life, circumstances arise which in one way or another urge him to return to the soul-soothing dialogue with God. But the person, guided by thoughts from the animal nature, refuses to listen and to be heard by his spiritual nature, which is the soul conducting God's love. At that point, the animal nature substitutes itself for this life communication. The personality, observing its thoughts, can clearly trace this process in itself if it wishes. This process begins when the person, when distracted by thoughts from the animal nature, or as they sat in the ancient times, by the ashes, loses the dialogue with the one who is eternal, the one who is most dear and near to him. At this moment, the person starts feeling inner loneliness. As a consequence of this, he starts making a substitution, looking for external communication with those who, like he himself, are temporal here and consist of dust. Or, completely succumbing to the thoughts of his animal nature, he begins to talk to himself. But this communication is completely different from the spiritual dialogue with God. Feelings of sincerity and spiritual purity leave him, while feelings of resentment, pridefulness, jealousy, and self-interest appear. These are the most radical substitutions from the animal nature 
when it dominates consciousness. They take place because one ceases to understand himself and his spiritual nature, which makes up the true meaning of his life. His earthly selfhood distorts the understanding of the power of the deepest desire of the soul to become free and independent of matter, to escape from its captivity. A person no longer understands his real feelings. He locks himself away from everyone in his selfish fortress. He begins to try on the image masks offered by the animal nature. In such a state, he mentally addresses not God, but himself. He actually begins to listen to and talk only to himself, or rather to his animal nature, which substitutes the eternal truth with a temporal illusion, turning the person into its conductor. Such a dialogue with himself turns into a dialogue of a mortal human, which makes him spiteful and dependent on many material needs. He no longer lives by God. He is no longer free. He finds pleasure and the meaning of his miserable existence in matter, devoting his lifetime and attention to accumulating it. In bringing others under his control and inflicting suffering upon them. At that, the essence of this substitution is that the person himself does not notice this. It seems to him that he is doing everything right, and this way, in his opinion, will be better for others. But abiding in the dialogue of a mortal person, he finds no happiness and continues to sway in his material desires like a pendulum. Time passes, and an understanding comes that all this is vanity of vanities. He recalls that at one time in his childhood he had sincere joy, pure love, and confidence, which gave him a sensation of incredible inner freedom, and now there is no sincerity, no purity, and no faith. Everything is lost, and each day brings only sorrow to his soul. But God's love does not leave a person, even when he forgets about it. God never leaves a human, for his love, thanks to the soul, is always with him. However, a human does not always want to accept this eternal love and often puts off the sacred learning of it until later, guided by momentary, temporary desires of mortal matter. But a person does not have this later. There is only here and now, in which true movement and choice take place. One only needs to open up and trust in God. There is no point in wasting precious time of life. As soon as the animal nature begins an attack that stimulates the feeling of loneliness, one simply must immediately overcome this earthly selfhood in oneself and with the sincerity of a child turn to God relying on His will. Address Him as you can with your sincere words, thoughts, and most importantly, with the inner, deep feeling like for the nearest and dearest being. When the person begins to talk to his soul with a feeling of deep repentance, the love of God multiplies in him manifold, comes into the soul, and gives it peace. It becomes a source of inexhaustible inner power for the person. It revives in him the spirit of faith, provides an opportunity to understand the experience gained, 
and get a new perspective on his life. The person acquires the gift of insight. He abides in love, for he abides in God, and God in him. He has something to say to God, and he has the power of sincerity and faith needed to feel his spiritual answer. And this dialogue of the two beings who love each other is infinite, for God is communication in love. A person realizes that abiding in this communion, spiritualization, and unity with God is the real, true life. This mystery happens in each of us when we accept it and open up before God in our sincere feelings. But if the person relies on his selfhood, he himself closes the gate of his soul and feels forever lonely, regardless of how many friends or relatives surround him. However, if the gate of the soul is open for communion with God, a person is never alone, for he is always in conversation with him. When he resumes this inner communication with God, a sound understanding comes to him that his perception of life is limited, and that he sees only a part of it. God is the only one who sees the life of a human in its entirety, and understanding comes that even the greatest suffering is that circumstance which actually takes him to the path of communication with God and the renewal of the lost spiritual connections. For God sees a person's temptations and his potential for inner spiritual changes. That is why God gives such circumstances, thanks to which a person gains experience and an understanding of his choice, an opportunity to restore communication with him, which ultimately contributes to the fusion of the personality with the soul and escape into the spiritual world. But the choice is always up to a human what to live with, mortal pridefulness or eternal grace. Spiritual practices help a person perfect this dialogue with God at the deep level of feelings where purity of intentions reigns. They act as guides that create conditions for the personality to connect with the soul, enrich the inner world, and acquire knowledge, power, and the purity of feelings emanating from the spiritual world. Spiritual practices are the tools with which the person starts to understand an entirely different world and to realize his very close relationship to it. They accompany the personality from the first tentative step of cognition to the complete transition to the spiritual world, from the desire to change oneself to understanding the necessity of abiding in God constantly. This is a way of life. This is the way to eternity. This is like a breath of fresh air, water, light, and spiritual warmth. This is the joy of repentance and the happiness of abiding in God's love. The person who begins to work on himself and to learn spiritual practices often gives up doing them, becomes discouraged, reluctant, and lazy to do them, inventing excuses for himself and different distractions from the dialogue with God. But when such a state appears, you should stop and think, who is it that does not let you talk to God? Who creates mental barriers and illusory obstacles in your consciousness? Who makes you think that the matters of this temporal, instantaneous world 
are more significant than the most important thing in your life, spiritual salvation in eternity. Who does not want you to walk the spiritual path? There is one answer, the animal nature. This is why, when its clear opposition is manifested in the form of laziness, unwillingness, and excuses, you should double your efforts and begin to work on yourself spiritually. On the contrary, it is necessary to increase the time of meditations, dive deeper into feelings, no matter what, knock at the spiritual world more persistently, and restore your salvational, sincere dialogue with God. You must do spiritual practices at least twice a day, and during the day, preserve the connection with your inner world, with the soul, with the sense of God's presence. Then it will be not just a way of life, it will become that spiritual path which with every step will be bringing you into eternity. When the person lives in God, he has no inner discord, no conflict with himself. He no longer has the desire for individual requests, which are full of fear and worries of the material world, because he understands that the essence of their origin is from his earthly selfhood. He no longer tries to understand with the mind where God is at work and where not, for he starts to feel and know all this. And this knowledge comes not from the mind, but from the deepest feelings of the soul. After all, human believes with the mind, but knows with the soul. He begins to focus his inner life only on the soul, for through it he cognizes God and the infinite spiritual world, which is his real home. He acquires oneness with his own soul. There is no more space left in him for bad things because he begins to live in God's world, a sense of peace from contact with him, and such communication takes place constantly. There is no longer anything other than God in a person's inner life, and the soul stands pure before him. This communion is a mystery of the two. A person feels the presence of God and loves him reaches out for him like a loving person for the loved being near whom he craves to be forever and to communicate with him infinitely. Over time, the person gets a real understanding of the fact that not only is God constantly present in him, but that he is present everywhere in the entire surrounding world. The person realizes that God is everything to everyone. So the one who has started the dialogue with God soon changes himself, acquiring a different understanding and a different view of the world. But most importantly, the personality during its life, thanks to such independent communication with God, begins to abide in his spiritual world, acquiring that state of fusion with the soul, which in various religions is called differently, holiness, nirvana, the supreme connection with God, and so on. This state is that true freedom, that true existence, to which a person aspires his entire life. Anastasia Thank you from all the people who truly thirst for spiritual enlightenment. 
this understanding truly opens one's eyes to the real essence of the spiritual development of each person. Rigdon, do not thank me, thank him, for the one conducting only humbly passes on his will, his wisdom. Anastasia, thank you. Yes, words cannot express everything. There are so many sincere feelings here. For the many people who thirst for the truth, this is a real spiritual insight, a revelation how to qualitatively transform oneself. Rigdon, it is important for people to remember that attention is the key element in their everyday life. Whatever a person pays and gives attention to in his life, to what thoughts, preferences, and desires, is what he receives. In its real manifestation, life is an informational exchange, which is far from being limited to the narrow spectrum of the perceptible and audible frequencies which a human perceives to a degree in this three-dimensional world. I have already used the figurative example of information building blocks, bricks, to explain that information is everywhere and is contained in everything. It exists outside of time and space because it forms everything, including time and space. Information influences an individual constantly, but it starts fully working within such an individual according to its program only when the individual begins to give it attention, that is, when he makes a choice. In other words, an activation takes place of the human structures which are connected not only to the three-dimensional world, for instance consciousness and subconsciousness, but also to the overall human energy structure. Without noticing that, personality begins to live by this information. It becomes a part of its reality. Therefore, by paying attention to certain information, one creates one's subsequent destiny with his choice. By giving the power of his attention to such information, he in fact gives life to the program contained therein, which is what transforms his life into one or another reality. Anastasia Yes, this is a very important point for understanding how a person becomes a conductor of the will of the animal mind or a conductor of the will of the spiritual world. It's all about constant choice. Whichever information, a program of someone's will, one put the most attention into and supports, that is exactly the will he becomes a conductor of. The problem of modern mankind is that many people do not understand themselves. Thus, they thoughtlessly give their attention to the external and not to the inner world. Rigdon, Human's main component around which his entire structure is built is the soul, and the personality in this structure represents a module for the spiritual, qualitatively new transformation of this power. By the way, the word module, when translated from Latin, modulus, means a small unit or a small measure. In other words, the fundamental principle in the human being is his spiritual component. The intention of creation of a human as an intelligent entity with a spiritual fundamental element lies in his spiritual transformation of himself 
with the preservation of the right of choice in the creation of a true conductor of the powers of the spiritual world under conditions of the material world. Indeed, many people in the modern world do not understand themselves, their real capabilities, and the tremendous spiritual power contained within them, and that is why they do not understand how to transform their lives and the life of society in order to improve the quality of those lives. They do not even understand what real life or real happiness is. People attempt to substitute even the internal spiritual celebration of communication with God and contact with the spiritual world, which a person experiences through the deepest feelings during spiritual practices, with external rites and celebrations invented by the human mind. Yet interestingly, a person also awaits this external human celebration with great hope, and when it happens, it actually drains the person, turning him into a kind of an orphan, deceiving him with sensations, for the person has been subconsciously waiting for something greater, not in terms of entertainment or satisfying the flesh, but in terms of the deepest feelings, which he didn't get. All this is due to the fact that this is a substitution of the real spiritual celebration, which a person experiences every time he comes into contact with the spiritual world, with an ordinary theatrical performance from the mind, with associated external material decorations. So many concepts in people's lives are substituted by setting the programs of the will of the animal mind, for people themselves often choose thoughts and desires from the animal mind, focusing their attention and life energy on them. People's problem lies in the fact that while making their choice and becoming conductors and executors of the will of the animal mind without even understanding this, they believe that it, the animal mind, does not exist as such. After all, the animal mind is invisible to their eyes, unlike their physical bodies and the surrounding three-dimensional world. Such people underestimate its might and power. They do not understand its capabilities of controlling the human mind, and most importantly, its aspiration for the total materialization of people's consciousness in the entire human community. And the latter will turn all people without exception into conductors of the will of the animal mind, which will increase its power considerably. The resource of the life energy of mankind with its capabilities related to the presence of the perpetual engine, the soul, in the structure of each person is very important to the animal mind. For the smart ones, it is enough to take a look at the events of the last centuries how drastically the population of the planet has increased, how much in just a span of two centuries technologies have developed that are primarily designed to ensure mass communication of people on the planet, that is to promote unification of everyone into a single information field, how at the same time the consumerist format of thinking is being intensively imposed all over the world, how an obvious slant of the civilization towards matter is taking place. This is none other than preparation by the animal mind for total control over humankind 
and use of its powers and resources for its own purposes, which may not even be related to the three-dimensional world. Within its power, there are dimensions that are higher and more interesting within the limits of the densely populated material world, where even minor changes entail more global changes in the lower dimensions, which lead to certain results of the replenishment of animal mind's power. And the latter is necessary for the survival of the animal mind itself, which depends on matter, and for extension of its temporary existence in opposition to the greater powers, the powers of Allah. And for this, the animal mind will not spare any sacrifices in the form of collective and individual minds subordinated to its will. So people should think hard on which edge the global community is currently standing, whose will they're thoughtlessly implementing, and what consequences await both every personality individually and the human civilization as a whole. Today, it is extremely important for the mankind, just as it is for every personality, to wake up spiritually, unite on a spiritual basis, and change the minus to a plus, using for spiritual purposes the technical base prepared by the animal mind to do this. And the result will not keep itself waiting. In the invisible world, such decisions and actions taken by the consolidated humanity can stop the vortex of the rapidly growing spinning of events along the reverse swastika, thanks to which people will not only be able to prevent future events that are to take place according to the program of the animal mind, which threaten the very fact of mankind's existence, but also to spin the vortex of events in the direction of the clockwise swastika. The latter is nothing other than activating the creating powers of a lot and consequently creating a completely different future for the entire humankind. Anastasia Yes, I understand what you're talking about, for the real capabilities both of human and society as a whole are not limited to the three-dimensional world. However, in order for the society to attain a qualitatively different level of understanding, people must learn to control their animal nature. They need to live by the spiritual transformation. Rigdon. Perfectly true. This is exactly why the main base of the primordial spiritual knowledge has been given, starting with your previous books and ending with this one. They are sufficient for a person not only to awaken spiritually, but also by working on himself to independently attain spiritual fusion of his personality with the soul. Certainly, provided that people really engage in self-perfection, do not distort this knowledge and follow it as if along a navigating channel while expanding their horizons of knowing the world and orientating themselves spiritually in this turbulent ocean of material life. The knowledge comes to a person at an important stage of his life, even if he is unaware of this, but it is revealed to him only when the person begins to spiritually transform himself and becomes worthy of accepting it. Otherwise, it will be of no use to him. The important thing is how well people will master the already obtained knowledge how significant the changes in their inner spiritual growth will be, 
and what transformations will take place in the society as a result. Because the next level of knowledge is an opportunity for people to make spiritual transformations in the higher dimensions of the material world, which, as I have already mentioned, can lead to global changes in the lower dimensions. And this is great responsibility. This means a clash with forces of the animal mind, which will not give up its ground that easily. This, if you will, is the area of using supernatural powers, or as it used to be called, the art of the supreme white magic, and people who directly oppose the animal mind's forces against which they waged battles on that side of reality were named Giliars. Anastasia Well, unfortunately, today most people do not understand elementary spiritual things. And those who even receive this knowledge are often in no hurry to transform themselves, living by their old patterns imposed by the system of the animal mind. People still lack a firm desire to live and create from their spiritual nature. This is also seen from ordinary situations in life. For instance, a person, upon reading these books and coming into contact with the truth, is quickly inspired with the desire to work on himself and make spiritual changes in his life. However, after a short period of time, having once again shifted his attention to everyday problems and troubles of the material world, his spiritual desire quickly fades away. Through the animal nature, the system once again takes control of his consciousness, although the person's soul greatly suffers from such animal oppression. Rigdon The person who lives by the hidden desires of his animal nature is spiritually weak. That is why, upon coming in contact with the truth, he gets inflamed like a match, but then he is quickly extinguished because he still has no spiritual support, either in himself or in the society around him. But if the person has a firm intention of escaping the reign of power of his animal nature, then he must return more often to the source of the truth, the books which will help him to shift his attention and come out of the narrowed state of consciousness. Moreover, one must understand that at initial stages of his spiritual development, communication with like-minded people will play a major role for him. This spiritual mutual support is particularly important for those who are at the very beginning of their journey. Just recall how such communication within your group helped you all at the beginning of your spiritual journey to overcome not only the lack of confidence in yourself and in your strength, but also to resist hidden attacks of the animal nature in time. The thing is that at the initial stages of the person's awakening, Simple confusion and stereotypical substitutions often take place in his head, which results in misreading where manifestations of his animal nature are and where the spiritual nature is manifesting itself. In a group of like-minded people communicating with other people, one comes to understand oneself faster and better. As a rule, at first people are afraid of giving away the secrets of their animal nature especially in a group. They fear bearing their problems in public, though they gladly listen to those who have the courage to do this. When the person gives up the positions of his animal nature, 
then in essence he blocks its loopholes, that is the possibility of secret action. Besides, a group of like-minded people will not only hear the person out, but will also share their own similar situations and methods they have found for resolving them. Thus, one gets not only spiritual support from like-minded people, but also helpful input which expands his knowledge and experience. Such practice has existed since ancient times. For example, the early Christians practiced the so-called public confessions in small communes. This is basically the same heart-to-heart chat with friends, which brings spiritual benefit to the person. But with creation of the institution for controlling the masses, religion, much was turned upside down. Anastasia That is so. Officially, the practice of confession for all the faithful of sensible age was introduced into Christianity in 1215 by resolutions of the Fourth Council of the Lateran. By the way, that council adopted a whole set of measures to fight heresy, including creating the Inquisition for the purpose of strengthening the authority of the Church. Those measures were included into reforms and the development of the Code of the Canon Law. This was the Church's response to the spread of the mass-scale heretical movements in the early 13th century, Cathars, Albigenses, Waldenses, and so on. The latter's guilt was only in the fact that people wanted to know the truth about the real teaching of Christ and started searching for it and developing spiritually without intermediaries. So then, regarding the accepted-by-religion practice of confession, it was imposed on the believer that he should do it at least once a year. The believer had to confess his sins to a priest, who in turn gave absolution in the name of Jesus Christ using words of absolution that had been specifically determined by the Church. It was considered a necessary condition for the person to obtain divine forgiveness, for it had been established by the priests that without a confession, the person would not be allowed to Holy Communion, and without it, there would supposedly be no salvation for one. Because according to the Church dogma, communion is a reunion with Christ, a blessed communion of the soul to eternal life. Otherwise, the person was expelled from religion. They scared him by telling him that he would be denied the right to be buried according to the Christian rites, and so on. Yes, of course the difference is significant. It is one thing when a person himself aspires to improve and perfect himself, to communicate with like-minded people and friends, wants to understand himself, to receive spiritual support, and do what he can to help others. And it's quite another when the person is obliged to do it under threat of excommunication from the church and public harassment. Moreover, on behalf of an official organization, the Roman Catholic Church, which in those days, in fact, was an institution of executive power. Indeed, everything was turned upside down as if on purpose, so that people would repent out of fear and not be guided by spirit, so that they would not even think about engaging in spiritual pursuits on their own. Rigdon, 
These are exactly substitutions from the animal mind, which people do not notice while being its conductors, thinking that such thoughts are their own, that they are intended to strengthen their power and at the same time to supposedly contribute to the population's spiritual growth. Spiritual matters cannot be forced. It is one's personal choice that is important here. Everything is built on it. After all, there are no bad people. There are just people who do not know their real spiritual abilities, and so they suffer.